Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast, supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, it's been a tumultuous 24 hours for Reading Football Club. They've appointed their new manager, Mark Bowen. Uh, I think it will be fair to say it hasn't exactly gone down well in the world of social media. There is a world outside that social media world, but the one inside it, it has been brutal, absolutely brutal towards Mark Byrne. To help me talk through this appointment and all the fallout afterwards and his interview today is Jonathan Lowe. Hi, Jonathan. Hello. And I've also been joined by Jordan Cotter. Hi, John. Hey. So, Jonathan, you spoke to Mark Bowen today. Um, what's your first genuine thoughts about him? Um, to be fair, I mean, like like with most managers, they um, they come across very well. Certainly, at the beginning, obviously, the uh, you know the pressures off them uh, to an extent. But um, yeah, good guy, um, good sort of good long answers. Uh, you know, gave us all a handshake when when he came into the into the press conference room. Um, and you know, understood our questions. I think he he was ready for for some tough questions, but uh, I think he he answered them probably as well as he could have done. Um, and you know, you're left feeling well. You know, for all of that he that he has said, um, clearly there are going to be some people who don't take his word for it, uh, don't trust him, whatever. Um, you know, that's what you got to do. You got to take his word for it and uh, give him a chance and uh, and see how things go. Um, I think that's, uh, I mean, obviously he knows the club, he knows the players, uh, so it's not totally new surroundings for him. Um, it is uh, very new being in the spotlight, though, um, compared with the rest of his coaching career and, and everything that uh, comes with that. Um, but, uh, you know, he's he's a very knowledgeable guy, um, has all the sort of know-how and, and uh, experience of working with players and everything, and uh, you've got to hope that um, he hits the ground running on, on Saturday. One of those key questions, Jonathan, was about how did this job arrive to you? What was the process that we went through? Because on social media, there has been a lot of comment. And we've all seen it, how, you know, pictures of appointing himself. Uh, possibly these questions have come up with the sporting director then saying, oh, I'll be manager. Now, that question was brought up today. And... I thought he dealt with it as well as he can. Do you think it was an honest reply, Jonathan? That is the question. Um, well, just I mean, uh, just to give an overview of, of what he said then. So basically, it was almost as if Gomez knew he was going to be sacked before Bristol City. Um, mm. He certainly had a very resigned feel uh, during the game at Ashton Gate. And um, apparently he told basically... Bowen before the game that if if he lost then he knew he'd be out of the job. Um, Bowen didn't know where where that had come from. Um, whether Gomez is speaking with the owners or, or other people making those sorts of decisions. Um, so that was that, and then he got obviously fired over the weekend. Um, the owner then so the owners in Dai Young then apparently instructed Bowen to to put up a short list of candidates. Um, that's what he did. He talked to a few of them, and uh, then he took training on the. So he took training on the Wednesday afternoon after Gomez was sacked because that was on the Wednesday, um, officially. Um, had a couple of days training with the squad, um, and then over the weekend um, got a call, maybe seemingly out of the blue, um, from from Mr. Young, 
uh, Mr. Dai, sorry, um, saying I'll give it a long, hard consideration, and uh, I think you're the the best person. So, um, and then he said yes straight away, and uh, and obviously it was officially confirmed yesterday, Monday afternoon. So, um, I mean, what can you say? I mean, no, clearly you want to take him for his word for it, and, and that's what happened. Whether it did or not, I I think there were certainly some. There was one manager who um, I don't know whether he officially got offered the job, but didn't want to come. Um, so whether it was in light of that, um, Bowen said about the owner wanting to cause minimum disruption. So that kind of feeds into the kind of continuity of having someone familiar uh, with the club and someone who could just sort of take on the reins and and kind of. Pick it up where it where it got uh, left off from from Gomez, um, and yeah, that's where we're at. So um, you know, believe that what you will. I I say I want to believe it, and uh, whether I do or not, he's got to have had some sort of say. I mean, he was the sporting director; he was advising the owners. Um, so for him to have no impact at all on on Gomez's dismissal. It's very, very hard to believe. Um, you know, it I, I kind of makes this role pointless, wouldn't it? If he had no yeah, say exactly. in the decision at all, so it kind of goes against his whole role. I'm sure he would have had a strong word with the owners. Uh, I mean, you know, that's what he was brought in to do to to advise them um, on on all footballing matters. That that was his his words, I think. So um, clearly, he would have said something about the manager. Whether he said you've definitely got to fire him, I don't know. But but uh, whatever he said was obviously strong enough for the owners to pull the trigger. So yeah, well, he is in charge now. And Jordan, as a fan, what, how are you seeing the last twenty four hours events? Because it's just been traumatic, hasn't it? It has, yeah. I think um, I think the biggest thing that I've sort of taken away from it really is um, how emotive, obviously, football is for supporters. Um, I thought the the reaction to to the announcement um, took me took me by surprise a little bit, to be honest. Um, I don't think he was anybody's first choice. Sounds like he wasn't the owner's first choice either. Um, and that, that all makes sense. Um, I think the fact that people have have essentially made their mind up on him and have, have, have formed this opinion already, um, I can understand. Like, I don't personally feel that way. Um, I want to see, I wanted to hear him speak today. Um, more importantly, I want to see his first 10 games or something like that before I can really form an opinion of the guy. Um, but I don't really you know, begrudge people for having um, real negative feelings towards him, given the situation. We'll never fully know his role or his impact. Um, the fact that he came out with those statements today um, makes me lean towards believing him only because I think stuff like that tends to come out in the wash eventually. And if that really wasn't the case and he had a big hand or a part to play, then you know, one way or another we will find out. And it might not be in his tenure even, but we'll, we'll find out. Um, whether he felt like he had to say something like that regardless, I don't know. My instinct is to, is to believe you know, 90% of what he said at the very least. 
Um, but it will be interesting to see whether um, a you know big portion of the fan base can ever truly be won over. Um, you know, Twitter is very easy to, to post throwaway comments, but you know, I've seen stacks of people sort of saying, you know, doesn't really matter what he does on the pitch. You know, my opinion won't change of him as a person, um, and we'll we'll see if that's true because at the end of the day, I think people generally are won over by results one way or the other. Um, but I'll re reserve judgment until I've seen sort of 10 games and I see how the team responds, really. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, I think there's been some issues there historically with Steve Clark as well as a previous person by saying one thing and then actually doing completely the opposite. There's a little bit of history with managers doing that and previous sure. ones way back. But what was interesting that was he spoke to, uh, well, he claims to have spoken to Jose Gomez. I can't say 100% this has happened, but I didn't see any reason why he would make this up. And Jose Gomez gives him a glowing review. Um, I'm trying to work out how that works. How Jose Gomez gets the sack and then says, this is the person who should definitely get my job. The person who's been working with me and trying to supposedly help me is now going to walk into my shoes. I mean, I think maybe it would say more about Gomez than it does about Mark Bowen, but what did you think of that, Jonathan, when you heard him say these comments? Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he obviously, um, they obviously still got, apparently still got this great relationship and everything, and whether it is, he says, uh, we'll, we'll never know, I'm sure we'll see an answer to that story. Uh, but yeah, like, like you said, I think it says more more about uh, Jose Gomez, really, is, uh, Ever the gentleman, um, you know, came across well as a good, uh, good people person. Um, you know, sort of strikes up good uh, relationships with people, and um, you know, by his uh, comment uh, to the League Managers Association after he did get a sack, he, he saw that message, and it was all, it was all sort of classy stuff, really. Um, very sort of, um, very kind of. Uh, well worded and well considered and, and I think um, you know that, that just shows what, what he's like as a person clearly he was um, he was bitter that he didn't get um, more time for, at Reading but uh, for you know he understood the decision and um, you know said thanks and um, you know I'll always be a Reading fan so um, yeah it shows he, he's a good guy classy guy and um, I, I don't think you know he's not going to go to Bowen and say, um, you know, definitely don't appoint him. Um, you know, he's probably just asked for his opinion, and and uh, he gave it, and uh, and um, you know, said something along the lines of, yeah, if you want to, I guess if you want to sort of keep a bit of continuity, then uh, then Bowen um, is a is an option, uh, maybe not the best option, but is an option. Yeah, I mean, talk about continuity. George Flood sent us a question saying, Bowen spoke a lot about minimising disruption. But as Tim said in the Radio Berkshire interview, in that first interview, surely if you're unhappy with the previous regime, then the desire would be to enforce big change. Minimising disruption would have to be to keep faith with Gomez if this is the alternative. Jordan, what do you think of that uh, question? So I thought found that really, really interesting. Um, and I fully understand Tim's point, and I fully understand a lot of other people who, who think, um, you know, why you know, you'd want to either stick with Gomez or completely rip up the script and go with somebody else. But 
I'm glad to hear about the continuity element because I think there's a huge temptation and it's it's not just with Reading, it's with tons and tons of clubs to basically when you fire a manager to try and appoint the opposite of it. I remember a couple of years ago or a few years ago, you know, Chelsea sacked Mourinho, who is very intense, very organised, um, very commanding on the training ground, and replaced him with Hiddink, who all the players loved because he was way more casual, very easygoing. And eventually he sort of got um, replaced because I think they understood he was going to get walked over a little bit. And then in came Conte and he was the same again, very regimented, very strict. So I think there is this natural urge to to try and get away from what you're doing at the moment and replace them with the opposite. But I think if you look at, and that can work if you're Chelsea because you've got a lot of money to spend. We don't quite have the same resources. I think if you look at how a lot of quite well-run clubs that can't you know, go out and, and spend to compensate for that sort of style, they have succession planning in place and they, you know, a lot of the elements of the club stay the same and the head coach can maybe move on either because they've been pinched because they're very good or because it hasn't quite worked and they bring in something new, but they try and keep as much the same as possible. Um, now, I was surprised to see that, you know, four of Gomez's coaching staff is staying on, but that makes sense. And, you know, if they're happy to stay on. Um, so I think the continuity could be a really, really good thing. And that doesn't necessarily just go to um, personality or even just coaching staff. Um, like, we'll wait and see what he does tactically. He, he talked a little bit about what, what he wants his teams to do. And it, and it, and it sounds like they're going to be... Um, well set up we know he seemed to have a good impact towards the end of last season which gives me some faith in his ability as, as a coach i think whether it's now being played up a little bit or not i think he did have um a big impact towards the end of last season when he was more involved in the on pitch stuff um that's certainly a link that sort of clicked in my head when his name was first sort of rumored um so i can see i can see the plan there um especially if this is intended to tie over for the season. Um, you know, he mentioned about his contract being to the end of the season. It will be interesting to see whether, regardless of how he does, whether there is another contract on the table or not, or whether that is intended to put us in a good position to then be attractive for a different echelon of manager in, in the summer. Um, and we'll, we'll wait to see what happens really with that, I guess. My feeling <laughs> situation is that it's going to be he's going to be here until December, and I think that's when we're going to look at something else. And I think that's another reason why he's got such a short contract, which is fine. That's that's a good thing that he's got a short contract. Nothing against him, but I just think it makes sense. We've been caught out so badly previously, and especially mm -hmm. these owners. I get the feeling what from Jonathan was saying is there's someone else that we're trying to get, and that person hasn't come through these things do happen in football. And Mark Bowen is a kind of fallback person that they feel safe with rather than wasting another two weeks chasing a person, which they did with Lewis Castro recently. They don't want to do that again. So, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully we will be successful. We won't have that issue. But I don't know. It just doesn't feel like a full-time commitment from the owners to put in Mark Bowen. Do you think I, any possibility in that, Jonathan? 
uh, what the, it'll be a sort of long-term appointment. But he'd be kind of temporary put there, and if he does well in December, and we get to January and we're doing okay, he'll still be there. But say come January, another person could be coming in. And I don't mean he's doing awful, because then it's self-explanatory. I just got that feeling. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I really don't know. I mean, it's, yeah. we're in complete guesswork. I mean, if if they, God forbid, if they lose the next three games okay, the next no. week, you know, three, three or four nil, then 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 what do you do? Uh, you know, who sacks him? Um, I. It's it's very difficult to say. I mean, obviously the short contract is yeah, like you said, it in a way it's a good thing. In another way, it doesn't show too much faith that he is like a, a long term sort of stable option. Um, clearly, I think in an ideal world, I, I guess he, he maybe he is just kind of holding the fort for for another person to come in. Um, but uh, you know, whether they're going to go and spend big again in January, who knows? Who, um, you know whether there's a great need. I mean, the squad is still very big. Um, you know, you can change and change and change, but it hasn't really gotten too far over the last couple of years. Um, maybe it's just a case of um, you know seeing how the next few months go, getting to mid-table hopefully, and uh, reassessing next season. It's uh, I don't want to say say the season's a write-off, and uh, I think it was still was a bit early to say that, but. Uh, Unfortunately, it's kind of going that way at the moment. Yeah, totally. Um, it's been... The frustrating thing about the season for me so far is close. And one of the major issues is Puskas. And Mark Bone talked about us ability to score goals, and that is a key factor. If he scores some of those chances, which he had against Charlton, Middlesbrough, Bristol City, we are creating chances. We are close which then brings in the question, why have you got rid of Gomez, which is a separate topic. We'll move on from that one. But what do you think? Do you think we are close to actually linking up Jordan or do you think he's actually a long distance away and we're kidding ourselves? Yeah. So um, without getting too deep into a Gomez conversation, I think we were close and I think um, a reasonable argument could be made for um, us picking up more points in games than we did um, and being somewhat unlucky. You have to take your chances. That is what it is. But I think with the chances we created, you you feel a bit hard done by to not be taking more points than we did. So in that situation, yes, I do think we're not a million miles away from being a half decent team and we've seen that you know when it all clicks like it did against Cardiff this can be a very very good team um and we've seen I think in the majority of games that for spells we can be a good team like quite big spells as well but just can't quite put the ball in the back of the net enough um whether Bowen can replicate that we'll see um you know he can't chop and change the players too much um and I think it'll be really interesting to see what he does because I think the players that we have at the moment are look fairly suited to a certain style, look fairly heavy in some positions and light in other positions because we had a clear idea of the sorts of formation and tactical setup we wanted to to implement this season. Whether you know he's going to be able to come in and play the way that he wants to play with the players we have will be will be really interesting because 
Um, one thing that sort of put me off slightly about some of the managers we were linked to is, is the sorts of players they, they, they wanted. Um, you know, I saw a couple of people, I think actually Tim himself sort of calling for McDermott. Um, and this squad for me seems completely unsuited to somebody like that who loves wingers, you know, wants a strong base in midfield and wants to get the ball forward quickly and wants to play a certain way. Um, so it will be interesting to see whether he has the tools available to him to play the way he wants to and to keep us creating mm -hmm. chances and hopefully putting more of those chances away, obviously. Um, but, but no, I think the elements are there for this team to be, to be a decent team. Yeah, I think there is some hope there. It's just a worry with... Uh... Yeah, it's a worry. There's, there's the major issues which you brought up there, the lack of wingers, which we don't have, so we can't have a major change of formation. Two players that have come back into the first team reckoning are obviously Gareth McCleary and Chris Gunter. Now, Chris Gunter has split Red and FC opinion for about the last million years, and I think I've talked about him on every single podcast since I've been doing this one. And I have to say, it's pretty dull talking about them all the time. Um, but they're back. And it is a story because they were obviously in a different training part of the ground. Um, yeah. I can't see Chris Gunter coming back into the team because I think the Adam should be in the team. But Gareth McCleary's a far more difficult situation. It's not impossible that he could come back in. How do you think those two players have been in the last couple of months, Jonathan, dealing with that kind of... I suppose it is an exclusion. I'm obviously the working conditions yeah. aren't exactly terrible, but it's a kind of exclusion. <laughs> yes, it is, it is a bit of an exile. Um, I mean, I've, I've seen him a couple of times for the uh, for the 23s, and I think McCleary's looked uh, looks pretty bright. Um, Gunter, I think I saw him in one game. So I mean, uh, yeah, they're, they're still match fit and uh, clearly ready to go. Uh, whether they will come in and, and make an impact straight away. Um, like you said, I can't see Gunter um, being put in ahead of Yeardom. Uh, I mean, unless, I don't know, the only way I could see that is if either Gunter plays as either oh, even on the left side or, or centre-back or Yeardom on the right or Yeardom a bit further forward, Gunter further in the back. But uh, uh, I can't see Gunter coming in straight away. McCleary, like you said, yeah, perhaps um, I think could offer something up front, I don't think uh, you'll see many goals from him. I think, uh, was it about one in 60-odd games or something like that? Um, but, uh, you know, he's, he can uh, um, create chances. Um, so hopefully he can he can maybe come in and make an impact either, uh, I don't know, as, as, the, as some sort of right-sided attacker. I don't know kind of quite what formation they're going to be playing and everything. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to... Um, want to make an impression he's out of contracts at the end of the season as well yeah so uh i don't know it's uh going on to the preston north end match this saturday that is going to be such a baptism of fire isn't it jordan just having that one is going to be a real wow tough one <laughs> yeah it's, it's a difficult game um you know preston are playing very well this season um but i think it will be it will be a good um, measuring stick for this for this team, um, albeit obviously he's only had them for a week. Um, so we do have to bear that in mind. But if you look at sort of press and how they've done this season, obviously they're right up towards the top of the table, having a brilliant year. Um, but the impression I get from sort of outside looking in is that they've obviously got a very, very good defence. Um, 
and have have got that working really really well and then going forward they don't they don't create a ton but um they are very good at taking their chances and very very streetwise very very just a very good team but after paying them all those compliments i do think they are the sort of team that if we can play anywhere near our potential it's the sort of game where we would like to think we can we can win um now there's a lot of ifs and buts in there that that means this team having to play a way that it hasn't played for a full 90 minutes it means people having to take their chances but it's they're certainly a team that um if we play anywhere near what we are capable of there's no reason why we can't beat a team like preston even with the great season they're having if we beat Preston on Saturday, Twitter will be in full <laughs> reverse mode. <laughs> full reverse. And uh, we all know it can happen. Like we've said earlier, if we get a few wins, Jonathan, it's going to totally transform it for Mark Byrne. And if we get that win on Saturday, it'd be a great start, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would, yeah. Um, yeah, like you say, it's all down to infinite, but some fairness being close. I think we're having some technical issues there with uh, Jonathan. So I think we're going to uh, shut that down right now. So thank you for listening. And uh, Jonathan's now dropping in and out, isn't he? So, <laughs> some technical issues here, Jonathan. So, um, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. And uh, if you've enjoyed it, please subscribe and uh, retweet it. And we will be back after the Preston match, Mark Bone's first match. It's not going to change though. He will be our manager. We just have to accept it. We can moan about it, hate it. That's all our opinions. We can all think what we want. So cheers. Thanks a lot.